Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box, right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined, of course, every week by my fabulous co-host, our editor-in-chief here at Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you on this? Well, I don't know how it is there in Montreal, but it's beautiful here in Pennsylvania today. Well, um, I was just talking to some folks yesterday in Winnipeg who said they had snow, snow in the air um, yesterday on uh, May the 6th. So there's still places in Canada that you can still find a little bit of winter hanging on uh, a little bit too much, too long. Uh, It's uh, 80 and sunny here in Pennsylvania today, so... We are fully in spring. You can nice. have all your snow. You can have it. All of it. <laughs> but it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a great show today. Again, welcome to everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh right off the top I will remind you how to contact us if you'd like to uh to reach out at any time. Uh find us on Twitter at the AHL report. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, head over to the website, ahl.report for all of the latest. Um, so yeah, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have a, have a good show today. It, it may be May, but there's plenty of news happening. There is. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of national days or at least interesting ones happening what? on May the seventh. No, what? no, I, because I, I, I know, I know how much you like them, and um, others, our listeners, like hearing about them. But National Packaging Design Day. I mean, what? No, who came up yeah. with that? Uh, national Roast Leg of Lamb. I, I don't. I don't think I've ever had a roast leg of lamb. Um, I have, but it doesn't need a national day. National Receptionist Day. Oh, come on. We just had National Administrative Assistance Day the other day. Reception, the receptionist needs That's their kind own of part of it. separate yeah. day. I don't think so. I don't think so. And I used to be, I, I, I have been a receptionist in my life. So, I, I no, no. On Thursday, you'll be excited to know it's National Lost Sock Memorial Day. Okay. Were these people drunk this week? Uh, Yes, because on Thursday, it's National Moscato Day. So I think they were in the Moscato all week. Oh, I am all in for National Moscato Day. That's like juice. (laughs) (laughs) Moscato is, yeah. I don't call I don't consider it real wine cuz it basically tastes like grape juice but it's delicious. <laughs> it's quite refreshing. <laughs> there you go. You, your Thursday's all set. I'm writing it down. Thursday. Wine. Wine. Moscato. Maybe that'll be my. You know, I every week I keep saying, "Oh, maybe XYZ will be my poll of the week." And then I forget to do my poll of the week. So maybe <laughs> maybe I'll actually remember to do one this week. So this week is going to be, what do you like? Moscato, Chardonnay, Gewurztraminer, you know, that sort of thing. Pinot Noir, uh-huh. Merlot, Pinot Grige. Yeah, Twitter won't give me that many. <laughs> or all of the above, yeah. All of the above, kind of... basically. That, uh, that's a good point. I'm going to make one of the cho- – I only get – I think I only get to put four options, so – I'll probably do, you know, like red, white, rosé, or all of the above. We'll see. Are you a red or a white or a rosé? Not a red. No, not a red. It'll be a, a white, I guess. A white. Pinot Grigio's, I can, I can do that. Yeah. I would be a letter D, all of the above, so... <laughs> Yeah, including the box wines, I guess. The, no, the complete Although, selection of box wines. God love trailer park wine. Um, however, uh, box wines have have gone have kind of gotten very chic. 
So, I mean, there's still the really crappy box wine where you can buy basically five gallons of wine for $3 and it's kind of like varnish for your car drinking it. Um, it's really bad. So you don't want to do that. But there are box wines now that are allegedly quite tasty because they're doing them kind of like in small batch and wineries are wanting people to have a more convenient way to take their wines along on picnics and fancy things like that. So I think box wine is evolving, but no, I, you still won't see it in my house. All right. This then. is a very nice dissertation on, on wine, wine, followed by on wine. a poll which may or may not come up on Twitter. It yes, I I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm going to say that it's more likely that I will get this one out because uh, I finished a very large project that I've been working on for the last three weeks today. Uh, and so I might have time to actually do Twitter polls. You never know. Well, congratulations. Thank you. So, okay, that's probably the only, ex- That's from what you've listed so far, that's the only national day this week that I have any affinity to mm-hmm. at all. Um, but we have a good lineup today. We are going to talk. We've got some Canadians news. We've got some Flyers and Phantoms news to talk about. Um, We have some AHL news to talk about. We have some new management people to announce. We have lease extensions to announce. We have... uh, Playoff updates as uh, division finals in the Calder Cup playoffs continues. Uh, And then in our last segment, we're going to go beyond the AHL and just do a quick preview on what's upcoming for the first uh, first couple of days of the IIHF Men's World Championships, which begins later on this week. Um, And yeah, so we've got some we've got some things to talk about. About it's good stuff. Where shall we begin? We shall begin with the Montreal Canadiens. And as I just said, I just finished a big project today, so I didn't have time to grab uh, a sound effect that I really wanted to use today. So we're just going to pretend there's like really obnoxious really obnoxiously happy game show music happening in the background right now. Like, come on down. Otto Leskinen, you are this week's you are this week's fringe signing by Mark Bergevin. Like, I feel like this is going to be a weekly theme show now. Ever since Kyle Dubas said, listen, (laughs) the Leafs are not going to get involved in fringe signings. We're going to focus. We're going to go after our priorities. I think Mark Bergevin had said, oh, yeah, want to see? We'll show you a fringe signing or four. Mark Bergevin just said, hold my beer. Yeah. And, yeah, who have we had since then? Who did we start with? Christian Folan. Mm -hmm. Then we went to Nate, Nate Thompson. Check. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh God, who was? Oh, Jordan Wheel. Mm-hmm. Check. And now, fresh off. Now again, I don't mean. I, I this is not to pish posh on Otto Leskinen. Otto Leskinen is a left-handed defenseman um, who was at Canadians Development Camp last summer. Uh, he's an undrafted free agent, uh, and he just finished up uh, a, a very respectable season uh, in the Finnish Liga. Um, he's 22, uh, tied for second on the team in assists and fourth in points. Uh, so, very you know, not saying anything about his abilities, but is this okay? We we Mark Bergevin has a left side defense issue. And a ton of cap room. 
And we have we're we're two months away from free agency. There's a lot of summer left to go. Any signs in entry level two year deals to this guy? I'm confused. Well, as you said, he's not he's not an unknown. Uh, for those who were paying attention during uh, development camp last summer, uh, the Canadians development camp, um, his name appeared briefly. I guess. Um, he, you know, in that bunch of, of defensemen that were um, David Sklonichka, Michael Moravchik, Adam Plant, um, then there was kind of Otto Leskinen. And, and um, as you said, since then, he's, he, he had a good season with Kalpa, and, and that's, that's the Yanni Ikenin, uh team in the Finnish Elite League. Um, He's a puck-moving defenseman, uh, lots of offensive skill. Um, he's got a good shot. He knows, and, and he likes to use his shot. Um, he's, he's a smooth skater. Um, gets a lot of ice time, uh, but you won't find him on the penalty kill. Defensively, um, there's, is, is where he struggles. There's uh, a lot of game he needs to, to learn there. Um, so no, he's not the solution for, uh, the Montreal Canadiens left side, uh, not anytime soon. And, and to be honest, I mean, 5'11", 187, a bit undersized is, is he, um, a solution going forward? Um, you know, uh, maybe, maybe a bottom pairing defenseman, maybe that's his ceiling, um, uh, with, 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 uh, an offensive side, um, but this is this is a this is a depth signing. This is a guy who uh, will be in Laval uh, next mm-hmm. year, and 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 assuming uh, that um, nothing happens with um, Carl Alsner, you know, there's Carl Alsner on the left side. There's David Skalinichka on the left side. Um, we'll well, and and you know what's going to happen with Xavier Ouellette? I I I would doubt that the um uh back for Canadians bring him back. He's looking to play in the NHL, so I doubt that he wants to come back. But um, uh, Chris G would uh, disagree with me, and he has an article out on uh, the AHL Report uh, published today that talks about uh, the leadership and the role that. Uh, Carl Alsner and uh, Xavier Willette played uh, for uh, Laval and and the stability that it it uh, provided on the the back end. So uh, we'll see where Otto Leskinen fits into all of that, but um, at, at at best a, a depth signing and as uh, Kyle Dubas would say, a fringe signing. Absolutely. Um, and again, it's just if you take any of these signings individually it's okay all right but now we're starting to compile all of these kind of what you would think would have been the last priority signings um and they're all the first things that bergevin is taking care of i'm sure some people will will choose to spin that with butterflies and sunshine and say well he's just getting he's taking care of all of the easy things first and that way he can just focus on the big priorities and well as you say that's exactly the opposite of Kyle Dubas uh, in Toronto and uh, last time I checked um, Toronto fared a little better well and they have fared better throughout their system at each league level, as far as development goes. Um, That being said, I like the signing and in the terms that you mentioned, as far far as a depth signing who will likely be in Laval. um, I'd like to see, you know, if Alsner's there, uh, great for Laval, not so great for Carl Alsner, but, um, but, but good for Laval, Sklenichka on that side. And I'd rather see a guy like Otto Leskinen, who's, who's got a, two-year deal who is a who is a, a prospect who was at development camp opposed to signing lots of PTOs from the main Mariners just to plug in there to fill in some space um, so let's see if if they can um, you know bring this guy into the fold and and see if Leskin and 
uh, can do something. Um, and I don't know, maybe there should be a prize if we can figure out what next week's fringe signing is going to be, because I'm sure we're going to have one. And I will have game show music ready for it. I guarantee it. And just um, with with these defensive prospects uh, being in Laval, um, it, it was great having uh, Alsner and, uh, and Xavier Ouellette around. They kind of um, acted as mentors and maybe uh, pseudo-defensive coaches uh, to, to help uh, the, the guys um, uh, develop over the course of the year, Kale Fleury and, um, and others, and Sklenichka. Um Now, with the lack of experience in Laval and the coaching staff, uh, we could look at across the way and the other team that uh, we cover or are, is, is, is our featured cover. Um, and Rick Wilson uh, has been let go by the um, Philadelphia Flyers organization. And, and I, I thought that Rick Wilson did an exceptional job uh, with all of that, that group of, of uh, young uh, Flyers prospects, the, the defensive prospects, the, the, the defensemen that went through their system, whether it be Sandheim or, or Hogg or, or um, uh, any of them. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he's now available because of some changes um, in the Flyers organization. Changes? This is where I need some David Bowie mu- music. I really need to have this all you know, changes. Um, yeah, my kingdom to get away from Montreal Canadiens discarded coaches. Please, <laughs> it's not. And and is it is it not enough that he failed miserably in Montreal? But, you know, there's also penguins in there, too. I mean, let's just take why, – why, you might as well – please, bring Claude Julian next so that we can just have the Canadians and the Bruins influence as well. Uh, the Flyers made some announcements this week. Uh, Adam Vigneault uh, – yeah, Adam – Alain Vigneault um, announced with the Flyers that they have selected the assistant coaches for the upcoming season. And it's going to be none other than Michelle Tarion and Mike Yo um, to serve as assistant coaches, which as you say, Ian LaPerriere stays. Um, Rick Wilson and Chris Knobloch are out of here. Um, and we'll get to, to, there's some there's some announcements at the phantoms level as well, so we'll get to that in a minute. Let's just focus right now first at, first at at the Flyers announcements. You know, Rick, we're going from the Hackstall Hextall era, uh, the guy coming out of the NCAA behind the bench, and we're moving now to three head coaches behind the bench. Um, how do you put that group of strong personalities together? And, you know, my first reaction yesterday on Twitter was, okay, there's not going to be a, next year's roster. There's nowhere to hide. Uh, these three guys have all run hockey teams. They know what to look for. Mistakes are going to get called out. You, you're not going to be able to hide. Um, this is going to be a very different goal coaching experience for the Flyers. And how does, how does this all, how does this all come together? Yeah. Th- uh, three bench bosses and uh, a billion wins uh, as, uh, as head coaches and, and no Stanley cups, is, I think was the, uh, the tweet that I saw. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a very different um, philosophy. Um uh, uh, Hackstall, um, I think he was, um, a decent teacher, um, probably very good with the younger players. Uh, I, I, I have a feeling that, uh, he didn't have the respect of the vets, 
Um, and, um, and he certainly wasn't, it was always a question mark in the, in the minds of Flyers fans. It wasn't the big name. And, and I think, uh, that was clear when Comcast, when the Comcast folks, um, you know, made, made those changes or said what they wanted and they wanted a name. Well, you got three names now. Um, and obviously there's a, a previous relationship between Vino and Michelle Terrian, um, both cooperatively and competitively. Um, they, they know each other very well. Um, uh, interestingly, um, Vino has the reputation of, of uh, being a vet friendly coach and isn't very good with his younger players. Mm-hmm. Um, whether earned or not. And I know there would be people that, that argue that and, and cite Vancouver, but that in my estimation wasn't a great example, but um, uh, Vino primarily being a, a vet friendly coach, Michelle Terrian was horrible, not, not just a vet friendly. He was horrible with younger, horrible. younger players and, yeah. and, and has uh, a, a huge difficulty with communication and players. Um, you know, he left that up completely. He abandoned the, the communication and left that up to Gerard Gallant when he was in um, uh, Montreal. And then when Gallant uh, left, everything fell apart between him and the players. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see those two who have a relationship. And then there's another pairing uh, between uh, Mike Yo, uh, former head coach of the, the uh, uh uh, Minnesota Wild and 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 his association with Chuck Fletcher, the now GM in in uh, Philadelphia. So th- that's kind of there's two pairs there, and it's odd that there's there's kind of a a, a split. Maybe maybe they'll they'll make it all work, and mm-hmm. uh, let's hope for for Flyers fans that they do. Um, but I think that that uh, it also um, you know is is um, uh, I, I know they wanted a name and they got many names, but, but I feel really badly for Scott Gordon, um, who is a very good coach. Uh, mm-hmm. I respect what he does. I respect his ability, ability to break down the game and communicate that certainly communicates that to uh, us, the journalists. Yeah. Um, and so I'm assuming he also is very good at doing that with his team, with his players. Uh, and he gets uh, punted back uh, to Lehigh Valley, and then Kerry Huffman uh, he gets bounced out of out of his interim uh, back to uh, an assistant uh, with the Phantoms. So, um, well, yeah, we'll see how all that works out. Well, yeah, that was that was the next item on the list. There is is to talk about uh, the, the the Phantoms news that goes along with that is that. Uh, yes, we we weren't sure when we knew that Chuck Fletcher had had informed Scott Gordon that he uh, wasn't the selection, and then Alain Vigneault was announced, and so it was kind of up in the air. What happens to Gordo now? Um, he had he had said uh, when the announcement was made that he would be open to returning to the Phantoms, but of course, as you say, he's a very good coach, and he, and what he did. Uh, in coming up to Philadelphia and turning that team around and giving that team and the city and the fans um, more than a glimmer of hope that they might even make the playoffs was an incredible feat of coaching um, to be able to do that. Immediately commanded the respect of his players, quite obviously. Uh, Works very well with the young players, having having already had experience with them at the AHL level, but just in general, he, he works really well with his players. Uh, and so there was, I remember you had mentioned too, will another NHL team scoop him up uh, now that he hasn't gotten the, uh, the head coaching position for the Flyers, but it looks like he's decided uh, along with the organization, you know, let's, I'm going to take my place uh, back behind the bench in Lehigh Valley. So great for Lehigh Valley. Uh, they get a very good coach back uh, and a coach who um, went very deep in the playoffs last year for the uh, with the team. They went to the conference finals last year. Um, and so he gets to kind of pick up the reins again and, and retake control uh, for Lehigh Valley. It is unfortunate for him um, 
to not be able to continue at the NHL level. But I think, I think that's still coming for him. And I think if he can, if he can get uh, the Phantoms back in the playoffs again next year, um, you know, who knows, who knows what could happen, but he, it's what he did in the NHL this season was certainly noticed around the league. Um, And as you say, Carrie Huffman did a a very commendable job uh, as interim head coach for Lehigh Valley. uh, And he goes, he goes back to being uh, Gordon's assistant. So, um, and, and let's let's um, uh, for people who may not know or may have forgotten that that this happened just two months into the season. Yeah, um, it's not it, it's not as if uh, the interim label was uh, put on Scott Gordon with uh, you know a dozen games left. This happened in mm-hmm. December, and uh, Scott Gordon's coached uh, fifty one out of out of the eighty two game schedule for the Philadelphia Flyers. So. Um, that's a, that's a good long stretch of being Mm -hmm. an NHL coach and and being in that environment. And, and now uh, getting, um, going back is, is, and, and so the same would apply also to uh, Carrie Huffman um, who uh, ran the, the, the bench for the majority of the season for the Phantoms. And, and um, I think it takes um, a lot, um, you know, there's a bit of swallowing your pride and, and saying, all right, um, I'll wait for my next chance rather than saying, okay, uh, I'll leave the organization because um, because of the, this situation, this uncomfortable situation. Um, you have to have a little respect for um, uh, both Gordon and, and Huffman going into their previous roles. Absolutely. Um, it shows that they are fully committed to the team and the players um, and they, they know that they still have work to do and, and want to continue doing it. So um, I agree with you and, there much. Res- and, and, and let me just reinforce that a bit by saying um, it's not as if Gordon um, was put on the staff as an assistant with, you know, uh, an eye to eventually uh, being Philadelphia's head coach. Um, and now he's, he's, uh, uh, back with Lehigh Valley, and and he's he's looking above him at three um, coaches with NHL head experience ahead right. of him in in uh, in the pecking order. Absolutely, and and so there's you know he can see <laughs> he can see that there's there's not um, it's not going to be a lot of wiggle room there. Uh, so he. Obviously, as you say, knee uh, is is fully comfortable with playing uh, the role that that he's now going to go back to playing, which is head coach of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and and here's hoping that they can have a lot of success um, in his first full season back behind the bench uh, next year. We are going to take a quick break. On the other side of a couple of short messages, we are going to go around the AHL, and we have a new AHL Graduate of the Month to discuss, as well as some news regarding the Syracuse Crunch and the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. And, oh, there's that little thing called the Calder Cup Playoffs that's going on right now, and, of course, we have an update for you on that. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. 
Welcome back uh, to From the Press Box here at the AHL Report. I am your host, Amy Johnson, joined every week by my fabulous co-host, Rick Stevens. And uh, don't forget, you can find us on Twitter at the AHL Report and hit us up on Facebook and Instagram as well anytime, seven days a week, uh, anytime you have questions regarding the Laval Rocket, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, anything about the AHL, junior hockey, the ECHL, prospects, the draft. I could go on and on, but we might be here all day. So feel free to reach out uh, and, of course, hit up the website, ahl.report. Rick, the AHL is a development league, and the purpose of that league is to prepare athletes for the National Hockey League and watch them get promoted to the NHL and wish them lots of success. And the AHL has this uh, great uh, award that they give out once a month where they, they acknowledge one of the league's graduates uh, who is doing good things in the NHL. And this month, the Ephesius AHL graduate of the month is none other than someone who is uh, quite noticeable in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs this season, uh, Logan Couture of the San Jose Sharks. Uh, He finished the regular season this year with 27 goals and 47 assists. That was a career best 70 points in 81 games. Um, Sharks finished second place in the Western Conference. And now he has gone on to lead the entire NHL with nine playoff goals, including two in their remarkable Game 7 comeback over the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, And he's also had a hat trick in their 4-2 win over Colorado uh, just last week. So Logan Couture, uh, former AHL player, uh, making some some really big strides this year. And Logan Couture was, um, uh, no one will forget the, the four goals that uh, San Jose scored against Vegas in that game seven, all on the power play. And uh, Logan Couture was the catalyst. He was the leader there when Joe Pavelski went out. And uh, you could see how fired up he was. And, and mm-hmm. that very first goal, the very first power play goal, just seconds in uh, to the power play and then turning and pointing to the bench kind of fired up his team and the crowd. And and uh, San Jose went on to uh, eliminate uh, the Golden Knights and then um, on to Colorado where that series is uh, tied at three and uh, will be decided tomorrow in a game seven. Well, congratulations to Logan Couture. It's 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 a feature that I really enjoy that the AHL does because that is the epitome of of what the league is there to do. It's to it's to prep their players to play in the NHL. So it's nice of them to um, give a stick tap to those who have graduated to the NHL and are and who are 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 doing a good job um, at the national level. We talked recently, Rick, you had a a news item for us in a recent episode that there was a big question mark over the uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, as well as their uh, building lease uh, extension uh, at the Mohegan Sun Arena there in Wilkes-Barre. And whether, you know, there was there was a debate between uh, the, the county convention center authority and uh, you know, whether or not the lease was going to be extended. And if the lease wasn't extended, where were the WBS Penguins going to play? And well, finally, finally, a decision has been made. And it looks it like has. It. Yeah. Tell us, tell us what, uh, give us, give us the update. Well, the short answer is that uh, a 10 year uh, lease agreement extension has been worked out between the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, and the Convention Center Authority, who runs um, who runs the arena, um, so that's great news for um, Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins fans who were getting a little nervous that um, mm-hmm. you know the season has ended and and that uh, they weren't sure about hockey uh, for next fall. But uh, that has been that question has been um, answered and uh, has been answered. They they should feel secure for the next. Um, 10 years with that uh, with that lease extension and it's also good news as we talked about when we introduced this story um, for the uh, uh, rivals the the rivals the Pennsylvania rivals in, in mm-hmm. Hershey and Lehigh Valley 
that triangle is uh, a very strong r- rivalry of three teams, and and it would have been a shame to uh, to see uh, the uh, the Penguins relocate elsewhere. Absolutely, I'm sure now. However, uh, the front office and ticket sales are in full frenzy mode because, uh, as you had mentioned, you know the last game of the season for Wilkes-Barre. Uh, they had a big message up on the Jumbotron saying, you know, uh, stay tuned. We'll let you know if there's tickets to buy next year, which means uh, up until this announcement, they hadn't sold any season ticket packages for next year, including renewing their season ticket holders. So lots of work uh, now for the front office to do to get all of that booked, you know, events booked and parties booked and groups booked and, and all of those kinds of things. So, um, as you mentioned to me the other day, I'm sure they're prepared to do that, but it's certainly they're they're a couple months behind every other AHL team in in getting all of those things on the books and ready to go. So I'm sure they are fully cranking this summer now. <laughs> and while they're doing that, while they're selling tickets, maybe mm-hmm. and given that they're going to be there for ten years, um, mm-hmm. maybe they could have a a little bit of a discussion about the press box in Mohegan <laughs> well, Sun. <maybe. laughs> Mohegan Sun is, is a, is a nice arena. It looks great it from is. the outside and it's, um, but my goodness, it's just a horrible press location uh, to be a bit uh, selfish here for a minute. Um, it's, it's a terrible place to cover a game from being stuck in one end behind a net and, and uh, behind netting um, and uh, shoehorned into a, um, you know, a luxury box, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and to call the game uh, for the broadcasters is, is no picnic either, um, you know, on the, on the concourse and, and with not great sight lines and bad lighting and all that sort of thing. So yeah, um, maybe they could think about that situation to help us, to help us tell their story. Absolutely. Hopefully that's, you know, they're, they know now that they're going to be there for another 10 years. So maybe they can get some, some renovation plans underway. But as you say, other, aside from that, uh, it's, a, it's a great arena to, to watch a hockey game in. Um, just not necessarily if you're covering it with the press. There are some, there's another um, change in some names uh, with another team in the Eastern Conference, the Syracuse Crunch. Um, Tampa Bay has announced a new GM for Syracuse. And I'm going to butcher this guy's name. I'm going to butcher it. And I'm usually pretty good at being able to, to guesstimate names, but Stacy Rose. Are you talking about Al Murray? Is that the name? No, you're I'm not talking about Al, Al Murray. Murray. I'm talking Stacy Rose. Al Murray, he was promoted. No, um, Stacy Rose um, was promoted to assistant general manager and director of player development for the Tampa Bay Lightning, which means he assumes the role of GM of the Syracuse Crunch. Um, and he was he's he's worked with the Crunch uh, since 2013 when he was named director of player development. Um, and so he now takes over as, as the new GM. Interesting enough, there's a familiar name, uh, in this press release as well, that, um, former AHL all-star Matthew Darsh is now the director of hockey operations. And, um, one of those players, um, that, um, was was used in a in a he was one of those fourth line Dale Weiss kind of players, um, and uh, Matthew Darsh was uh, one of those guys that was used um, on the power play. He was used inappropriately, uh, mm. but a bit of a fan favorite in Montreal, Saint yeah. Laurent uh, native, and uh, and lots of experience in the in the AHL. So, uh, congratulations to him as uh, the new director of hockey operations. It'll be, you know, it'll be as with Tampa at the NHL level, uh, you know, Syracuse will have some a little bit of soul searching to do after after dominating uh, the Eastern Conference and the North Division for the bulk of the season. And then to be very unceremoniously booted out of the playoffs in the first round um, without putting up much of a fight um, with some new blood in management and, and development and so forth, it'll be interesting to see if they come back even 
stronger next year. But speaking of the playoffs, alas, no, the Syracuse Crunch are no longer in the playoffs, but there are a bunch of teams that still are. Um, and a couple of those series are starting to run away. Actually, three of the four series uh, are, are running away. There's only one that there's kind of a bit of a battle. That's the Chicago Wolves are up uh, two games to one over the Iowa Wild. Um, but Rick, Charlotte has, has handed Hershey two defeats uh, already. In fact, they play game three in Hershey tonight, where Hershey's looking to get their first win of the series. Toronto is e- handling Cleveland quite easily. In fact, they just went, won their last game in overtime. They have a three-game-to-none lead uh, over the Monsters, looking for a clean sweep when they play game four tonight in Cleveland. Um, and the San Diego Gulls and the Bakersfield Condors, my goodness, the Gulls are just on a tear. And Bakersfield was Talk about dominant. Bakersfield was dominant for, for much of the season out there in the West. And San Diego is up two to nothing in the series on them. And I have to say, you know, last year, probably one of the most memorable evenings that the AHL report had in covering the playoffs was the five overtime late night matchup between the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and the Charlotte Checkers. And San Diego tried, they tried, tried really hard. <laughs> They went to quadruple overtime in the first game of the season, and they were the ones, after five hours and ten minutes of playing time, the San Diego Gulls were the ones who came out with the victory. Um, In fact, it was Maxime Comtois who scored four minutes, 20 seconds into the fourth overtime period to take uh, the one-nothing lead in the series, and then they just beat them again for their second game, so... Lots of exciting stuff happening in this round of the playoffs. Just if I could, and that was a, a great um, uh, recap of what's going on in the AHL playoffs. I just a couple of notes on probably each series. Um, Go right ahead. Um, with Bakersfield and San Diego, and as you said, San Diego up to nothing. Um, related to Bakersfield, we had uh, uh, in Edmonton today, Bob Nicholson introduced uh, Ken Holland as the, the new general manager and president of hockey operations for uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Ken Holland said that he was uh, going to be one of his first orders of business would be to head to um uh, watch the uh, Condors Gulls uh, series nice. and get a little bit more familiar with um, the uh, the prospects. And he mentioned a couple of them, Evan Bouchard and others that he, he knew be, before, but that uh, he wanted to catch up on. But I, one of the things, and I just uh, thought this was worth mentioning. Um, I think there's going to be a bit of a change in the uh, development um, uh, protocol for uh, uh, the Edmonton Oilers um, and Holland said that that he really believed in uh, player development he really believed that uh, prospects should spend uh, time in the minors a lot of time in the minors and he referred to something that um, Mike Babcock had said about uh, Holland um, and that is that, uh, oh, Holland, uh, you want to wait till players are overripe. Um, and, mm. uh, and Ken said, yes, that's right. I, I, I do. Um, and, and so I think there's going to be a bit of a, uh, a direction, a development change there uh, that, mm-hmm. that uh, may not see prospects being rushed into uh, positions in the Oilers that, um, uh, they're not ready for. And, um, and uh, so a little bit more patience with respect to the movement of, of, of prospects. Um, the, you mentioned the Chicago Wolves series. Um, that's interesting because um, the Wolves had a, had a, a strong end to the uh, series. Of course, they, um, they breezed through round one and they did all of that without Daniel Carr. Uh, Daniel Carr being named the MVP of of 
the AHL and, and Daniel Carr was out um, for that last bit and, and the first round uh, with an injury. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he's, he's made a, he's made a, an immediate impact since, uh, since he's come back. And, uh, and so that's, that's a big boost for the Chicago Wolves. And, and remember, I don't know if you do remember that uh, they were kind of my pick when we were talking about uh, the, the team to watch for a potential Calder Cup winner um, that uh, Chicago Wolves were, were the team that I, I mentioned at that time. Um, what was the other series that I was there's, going to mention? There's Marley's Monsters and Checkers Bears. Well, Marley's, um, yeah, that uh, the the Checkers Bears um, that that hasn't been close. Those those no, those games have not been close um, so far. Uh, the Checkers are are kind of uh, having their way and and um, and doing so without their um, number one goalie, who we talked about um, last week as far as Nadelkovich uh, being mm-hmm. called up to Carolina to help them with their playoff run. Um, and uh, with, with uh, McElhaney having to take over from Mrazek. Um And in the, uh, in the Charlotte goal has been our old friend, Dustin Tokarski. Um, oh, goody. Who has been, uh, who's been, you know, he's got the experience. He's got the experience playing in. He's he's known as a as a money goaltender, a big a big game goaltender, and um, he's been doing the job for uh, for Charlotte. Um, and the only other name of note that uh, just kind of came across, and I thought it was interesting to pass on. And this is not a playoff team, um, but San San Antonio Rampage. Um, mm-hmm patrolling their blue line this uh, past year was um, one of the players we interviewed a couple of, we enjoyed interviewing a couple of times. Um, that's uh, Jakob Urabic. Um, oh. And uh, Jakob Urabic was one of those um, auto <laughs> auto players where, where uh, the Canadians were all thrilled to, to uh, have this player come in and, and sign him as a as a free agent, and um, and Urabic uh, didn't quite work out, um, and was traded to Washington, then moved on to um, uh, the St. Louis Blues. Well, he's he's made the decision to return to the KHL, um, oh. and um, and has been two seasons now in North America, and um, and uh, Jakob Urabic is uh, is heading back to the KHL. Well, we wish him luck over there for sure. Um, and I think I, I think that um, as far as your prediction about the Chicago Wolves being a contender for the Calder, um, I think there's plenty of people who would who would probably uh, agree with you. On the flip side of that, with the defending champions, I mentioned that the Marlies have handled the monsters up three games to nothing I should I should point out the Marlies haven't lost a game in the playoffs yet they swept Rochester three games to none in the first round and they have now won the first three games in the series against Cleveland so they have six consecutive wins in the playoffs no one has beat them yet this year um would someone please (laughs) I don't wish a loss on anyone, but, but they, you know, so it's, it's, if it's, it's quite possible that there'll be a Marley's checkers conference final, which I think would be, whew, that would be quite a, uh, an intense battle, I think, uh, to see who's going to advance to, to the championship round. And we'll see if the gulls have anything to, um, I hope to say do. about that. Cause because you mentioned uh, they had Maxime Comtois. They also got Isaac Lundstrom um, uh, to help them with the uh, Bakersfield uh, series. And, and mm-hmm. our old friend, Adam Cracknell, that mm-hmm. uh, put on a line with, um, with uh, Lundstrom. And those two are, 
are, are lighting it up. So um, it's interesting, all this last minute player movement, uh, uh, teams getting uh, uh, players back and, uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, and as well as some um, old friends, we've mentioned Tokarski and, and Cracknell uh, and Dan Carr today, uh, all uh, uh, making an impact for their respective teams. Absolutely. We are going to take one more quick break. Uh, and on the other side of that, we're going to talk about another different um, series of games that are just about to begin. That would be the IIHF World Championships set to begin later this week. So we're going to give you a brief preview of what the first uh, couple of days of that is going to look like uh, right on the other side of this break. So don't go anywhere. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box, right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by Rick Stevens. And be sure to check us out on the website, ahl.report. And, of course, you can always hit us up on Twitter, at the AHL Report. That's Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, at AHL Report. And, Rick, can you believe it's almost time for World Championships to start? Like, it, it is this going to be one of those things in that where like in about a minute we're going to be saying oh it's the end of August and where did the summer go? <laughs> I think it is going to be just that. <laughs> going to have the World Championships, going to have the Memorial Cup. Um, we're going to have uh, NHL awards. We're going to have draft. We'll be talking about development camps and and training camps. So um, there, as you've said many times, there's never an off season with rocket sports media. There is not, but IIHF men's world championships um, in Slovakia do start at the end of this week. Um, And I really like the, uh, the, the opening day matchup for team Canada playing team Finland. That will be a fun game to watch. Um, And the U S is playing Slovakia. So, um, you can't you can't uh, put uh, put your brakes on with the Slovakian team either. Um, Russia will be playing Norway, and here's a game that I think that could be good: Sweden versus the Czechs. Um, so, pretty good four matchups there on that first day first day this week. Um, should be a lot of fun to watch. For sure, and uh, you know it's always dependent on. Um, uh, which which teams um, wh- wh- the team makeup given that that the teams are made up by players who have been eliminated from the NHL primarily mm-hmm. um, primarily and 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 those who um, are willing to go we we've uh, we've heard of all kinds of players who um, for injury uh, reasons or other reasons have uh, have declined to go. Um, Canada should have a, a fair bit of firepower um, with uh, John Tavares leading that and, and Mark Stone and uh, uh, Marciso. Um, mm-hmm. they, should be, uh, 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 they shouldn't have a problem um, scoring goals. Um, 
and uh, behind the bench, uh, the aforementioned uh, Alain Vigneault uh, will be guiding Team Canada. Mm. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of um, hockey fans from the Philadelphia area that might be watching that uh, tournament a little more closely behind the bench this year. Because <laughs> uh, there will be so there will be some new blood behind the bench that they're going to want to take a closer look at. Not that we haven't seen plenty of him uh, when when the Flyers play the Rangers, but uh, it'll be it'll be one to keep an eye on. And of course, uh, Carter Hart, Caden Primo, uh, plenty of uh, some prospects that will be there as well that we'll be keeping an eye on, and we'll be sure to uh, let you know when we're back again next week uh, how those folks do um, if they get to see any ice time, of course. Um, so yes, the, uh, world championship starts on Friday. That's round one. Those four games all take place on Friday, uh, Friday and Saturday are the first, are the first two days of the tournament and, uh, sure to be some good hockey. So be sure, uh, to, to tune into that if you're able to, as far as the AHL, Rick, it looks like, uh, as we mentioned, Hershey looks to get their first win tonight, uh, playing their first home game of the season against the Charlotte checkers this evening. Toronto also uh, is on the road. They're playing game four tonight in Cleveland. So Cleveland's desperately trying to not get eliminated tonight. Toronto looking to make it a clean sweep in both the first and second round of the playoffs this evening. Um, Then tomorrow night, the Chicago Wolves are in Iowa. Uh, Again, they're leading that series two to one. So the Wild will be looking to to even things up there. And San Diego uh, hosts Bakersfield for game three of that series. We'll see if San Diego can keep this winning streak going on. Uh, Interestingly enough, they got those two wins on the road in Bakersfield. So now they come home for two games. uh, So could give them some extra momentum to keep things going. So Rick, there is plenty of hockey happening and I would bet there's going to be some more Mark Bergevin signings, you know, (laughs) any minute, any minute. Uh-huh. I feel like, you know, you know how, you know, you have the, the Budweiser uh, light up uh, goal lamps that you can uh-huh. coordinate when your team scores a goal. I feel like there should be a Mark Bergevin like fringe signing siren or something that just goes off whenever he gets out the pen and decides to sign someone for not really any urgent reason. See if most, see if, Molson Canadian can get on that marketing. Put together, a, yeah, a lamp. Yeah, yeah. And and it gets more. The intensity of light gets uh, gets brighter. Um, the 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 higher you go up the food chain, as far as maybe you know, or and or maybe it just maybe it just plays game show music. <laughs> I see. <laughs> maybe come on down. <laughs> come on. All right. Well, you know what? This has been a great show. As uh, as we've said, we've got lots to talk about all summer long, so there will be no shortage of news to discuss next week. And uh, we'll see if any of the AHL uh, teams have managed to win their series uh, by the time we all meet here again next Tuesday. Rick, thanks so much for joining me this week. It's been a great show. It has been a great show. And if you haven't had enough uh, of this podcast this week and and make sure that if you you uh, enjoy the podcast make sure uh, that you share it with your friends and and uh, and uh, spread the news about um, from the press box but also on Saturday and if you're interested in the Montreal Canadians we have Canadians Connection which is a live podcast uh, at one o'clock you can join us live or you can um, uh, Joe Whalen and I, uh, you can join us live or listen on demand uh, at Rocket Sports Radio, uh, and uh, we'd be happy to to hear from you um, with that podcast in mind as well. Absolutely. All four podcasts, just go to your favorite podcast platform, search for Rocket Sports Radio. That also includes Google Play Music now as well as Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, you name it. Um, And you can find all four of the Rocket Sports Media podcasts, uh, lots of different personalities, lots of different content, something new and different on each one, so you don't want to miss any of them. Um, And, of course, Rick, there's also, you know, we welcome people to talk with us on social media, as we've mentioned a couple of times throughout the show. You can hit us up on Twitter at the AHL Report. You can find Rick on Twitter at AllHabs. 
And you can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. And of course, there's always our Facebook and Instagram pages uh, at AHL Report. And our website is where you want to go for articles. As Rick mentioned, that Chris G has a new um, notepad article, just some thoughts on, on the leadership in the defense for the Laval Rocket this past season. So be sure to head over to AHL.Report to check that out. Uh, there's always new content coming uh, on all of the sites here at Rocket Sports Media. So be sure you're always logged in and tuned in and following along. Join the conversation whenever you'd like. Uh, thanks so much for joining us again this week. Rick, you uh, enjoy your, what's what's today, National Receptionist Day? I don't know. What, whatever today is. <laughs> enjoy your Moscato. Enjoy, yes, that'll be on Thursday. Moscato for the win. And we will see you right back here next Tuesday for another great episode of From the Press Box here on the AHL Report. Until then, enjoy hockey, and we'll see you next week. And keep on.